0: So, the Prime Minister wouldn't commit to rebuilding the vital Coromandel State Highway during his first visit there. Meanwhile, there's calls for ferry services to return to the peninsula while their roads are hanging in the balance. But that is not without its challenges, too. Well, joining us now is the Transport Minister, who is also the Immigration Minister, too, Michael Wood. Kia ora.
1: Kia ora. Good evening, Lisa.
0: Can you start by clearing something up for us, please? What is the Government's position on State Highway 25A? Is it going to be rebuilt or not?
1: Yes, the government is committed to restoring that connection. Um, What needs to be worked out is exactly how we do it. And I I can actually give a little bit more information here, which I think might be helpful because there's a staged process here. This month, March, um, contractors are effectively creating access ways to get through the site. They're basically having to cut those through the bush so they can assess the situation. In April, they'll be able to do the work to assess what the options are for rebuilding it. And it could be that we look to rebuild in in that location, or it could be that we have to find an alternative route to connect up the road. And that really is what the Prime Minister is saying. Well, that's not what he said, Minister. With the greatest
0: of respect, that is not what he said. He was asked if he could make an absolute commitment to 25A being rebuilt. And after a number of back and forth with reporters, what he said was he'd commit to a significant investment in transport resilience and infrastructure, in the district, that is not the same thing as rebuilding 25A. So you're here today categorically telling us that 25A will be rebuilt.
1: Yes, we've made that commitment, and that's consistent with what the Prime Minister said today, which is it will restore resilient route in this area. What I'm, what I'm saying there is that it's not necessarily going to be exactly the same road as the one that we've lost. We have to do the work to understand how we can make it happen, and we'll look to confirm the direction there by May of this year.
0: OK, so there's multiple roads around the Upper North Island, really, that are, are, are wiped out, impassable or in you know, very bad states of repair. What percentage of those roads will be fixed by Christmas?
1: I, I can't give you an exact percentage number on that, Lisa. Um, what I can say is that we've got a three-step process here. The first is restoring the essential lifelines. That's about 75% complete at this stage, and that remains our immediate priority, making sure there is some roading access to communities which were completely cut off. The second step is then effectively restoring the levels of service, that is, people, whether it's through road or rail, being able to connect in the same way for people to travel and freight to move as it was before. We expect to have significant progress on that. Before Christmas, in fact, there are already roads and connections that we're getting reopened as of this week. But there will be some that will take longer. It is likely that a major dropout like State Highway 25A, for example, unfortunately, will take a bit longer than that. What but about State Highway
0: do... 5, Minister? Sorry to interrupt, but that is a vital link, Naputaupo Road. Um, what are your expectations on when that will reopen?
1: Yes, well, we have we have had limited reopening of State Highway 5. It's not yet at a full level of service but I'm more optimistic that that will likely be back to more like a full level of service within the coming months. Months? Um, the particular, the, the particular Sorry, some
0: months? How many yes, months? Yes,
1: that's right. Look, look, Lisa, in this discussion, I'm just not I'm just not able to provide you with that because there is still ongoing assessment as to what we do. So in that particular case, there's what we call an underslip where the road has dropped out underneath. And what we need to do is basically sort of carve into the, the, the cliff on the other side of that underslip to create some space. We've been able to do that to get some limited access going through that route. But we have to do a lot of further assessment to make sure that the permanent solution is going to be safe and resilient. We do just need to let the professionals do some of that work before we can give real clarity about the opening times.
0: Minister, what um, have you been told about the costs of all of this? Ballpark, please. Uh, we,
1: we know that it's going to be extremely significant um, across those areas that have been most badly affected. A number, uh, Minister? The, Haw- the Hawks Bay and Tairawhiti it is likely that we're talking in the billions rather than the hundreds of millions. We will only get more precision on that once the engineers have done their work and assessed and advised us on the options for repairing some of these roads. As I say, sometimes that might involve whole different routes to the ones that we've used previously. So there's quite a bit of work to be done there. But make no mistake, it's significant. And our commitment to all of these communities is it will restore those key connections that we know are so important for you, for your families, your businesses and our supply chains.
0: So then comes the question about paying for it, right, when you're talking about a huge, huge bill, as you are. Is there a likelihood of public-private partnerships? Could there be toll roads?
1: Uh, We haven't considered those options at this stage, uh, Lisa. At this stage, we simply need to give the commitment to those communities that the whole country is behind them and we'll make it happen. We've made that initial investment of a quarter of a billion dollars uh, to Waka Kotahi to enable the work to move forward. And as we get greater clarity about what's involved and what the costs are uh, in the coming months, we'll make sure that we, in, in, in a sensible way, provide the funding to make that happen. Waka is currently working very hard um, to set up the structure that it will use to deliver um, uh, uh, this repair job uh, particularly in Hawke's Bay, Tairawhiti, but also Coromandel and Northland. And there'll be greater clarity on that in the coming weeks, exactly sort of how we'll okay. do it. And then we'll get into the details of how much and exactly how we fund that.
0: Theories. There is a call for a so-called blue highway in the Coromandel, Ferries. And there used to be a ferry from Auckland to the Coromandel Township. Fullers has told us that, you know, they'd love to restart it, but they cannot because of a lack of staff, experienced staff, people with skippers tickets and a number of years experience. And there are not those people in New Zealand. They would like you to fast track immigration, a road to residency for experienced crew, including skippers. Will you do that?
1: The the use of maritime connections is something I've discussed with uh, Mayor Len Salt, and I think this is worth exploring. The previous route between Auckland to Coromandel, as I understand it, did have some challenges in terms of um, effectively having to navigate um, quite big seas at times, and it became unreliable, and that's why that didn't continue. Um, It is possible at the moment for Fuller's and other ferry companies um, to get offshore labour, labour in through the uh, temporary work scheme, uh, the accredited deploy work visa scheme that we have. And I'm open to consideration of further pathways that might assist, including looking at residency options. So we have some work underway to look at that at the moment.
0: So you will look at residency options, because that's what Fullers is saying. They get to the final hurdle, then it's too long to get them here and it's too hard to get their families in.
1: Mm. Well, it, it is perfectly possible under the existing scheme um, for people to be recruited um, offshore for these roles. Um, that is for uh, roles on ferries, deckhands and shipmasters, which or skippers, which are the two key roles. Um, if there are ways in which we can assist and support that further, we're open to that. We have work underway, as we signalled late last year, on a public transport sector agreement, Uh, through which we can look at whether residency pathways are appropriate for this. And that's something I've asked officials to give me urgent advice on.
0: Okay, so that's in respect to the bus drivers, right? In mid-December, you announced that you were going to have a temporary pathway to residency for bus drivers um, and you were going to work on a sector agreement. So is that agreement finished? Have you brought in a single bus driver under that pathway to residency?
1: No, that that process is still working through, and that's why I'm saying, Lisa, as a part of that, I've asked further advice about whether other roles, for example, uh, roles in the ferry sector can be included in that work. The good news on the bus driver's side is that we're making significant headway now in terms of the recruitment of of bus drivers, and we're beginning to see a sustained reduction in the shortfall in that sector. Um, There's still work to be done there, but we are making progress. Minister Auckland is still short,
0: 377 bus drivers 377 bus drivers short in Auckland alone. That doesn't sound like significant progress.
1: Well, it is because they were five to 600 short as of, as of last year. So there is real progress, particularly in Auckland and Wellington, being made there. And in the coming months, we have approximately 400 coming through the pipeline, getting trained to get on the buses. We have seen uh, this month um, uh, that the highest number of people back on public transport services since COVID. So there is still work to be done here. But we've put the money into lift bus driver pay and conditions. We've got legislation coming through to support that sector further. And we have got the sector agreement to support with off- offshore recruitment. So we've had a plan to address this issue, and it's beginning to
0: work. Thank you, Minister. Appreciate your time. That is Michael Wood, who is the Minister for Transport, as well as the Immigration Minister.